0: Welcome back to another episode of the Construction Influencer Podcast. I am so excited to introduce today's guest. Today we have Eric Christensen, President of Christensen Design. I met Eric at the Las Vegas ICSC in May, actually on my birthday. You were there to celebrate my birthday. That's
1: right. We sang Happy Birthday to you.
0: Yes. So Eric sat next to me at a dinner that CW Driver hosted at ICSC. And, you know, think that's the moment... I think you were looking at my LinkedIn profile because you had asked me about the book that I wrote. And we acknowledge that we both have a passion for writing. And that was kind of where we began the journey of our fantastic partnership. We're huge advocates of each other. I'm so glad that I got to meet you that night. And I'm thrilled to have you here on this episode. And I'm thrilled to learn about what you do each and every day. And share what you do each and every day with our listeners. So, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Of course. Amazing. Talk to me a little bit about who you are and what Christensen Design does.
1: Oh, well, I try to provide visual storytelling and creative direction for a multitude of projects, whether it be for something in the entertainment industry or it be for something in the retail space or hospitality. I like to say we're visual storytellers.
0: And yep. that's, that's how you introduced yourself to me. I think one of the first things that you said, cause I said, oh, you know, what do you do? It's like the common question that everybody asks, right? Like, what do you do? And you said that you're a storyteller yes. in construction. And I thought that was so intriguing. And I was like, what do you mean you're a storyteller? How do you? Yeah. How do you, what story are you telling?
1: Well, basically what we try to do, I, I, my educational background is in art and design, but also in marketing. And I really gravitated towards branding. And there's the visual side of branding, which is developing like a logotype and kind of seeing what things look like and the advertisement end of it. Um, but there's also the messaging behind that. And... I really gravitated towards the philosophical understanding of a brand and how that brand has to have the right DNA for people to understand. And then visually, that component needs to match what is being said. So what we try to do is storytell, create that visioning. And let's just say, for instance, a restaurant or, or something along those lines. What? Who's your customer? Um, what kind of feeling and vibe do you want this space to have? Is this a really fancy upscale place? Is this casual? Where is it located? And what kind of businesses surround it? What sort of food are you preparing? And how long do you want people to stay? And what about that person that owns that business or brand, what do you want to convey about yourself? So we will take, you know, basically that information, we'll write a narrative to kind of describe what the space is. And then we will create um, mood or emotive visual boards that kind of start to paint a picture of what this space is. Um, Before we even design anything and maybe there's a few sketches uh, or something but before we really get into the design we want to understand what's the feeling of this place mm-hmm. because if you miss that, it doesn't matter what you put together it's it's not going to be really successful. So I'm big on authenticity and I think that that authenticity should work within yourself and the way you work and operate with your team. Um, but also with the authenticity of what you're creating and the brands that we work on. So I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah, it
0: absolutely makes sense. And so many things came up while you were talking about that, because I also, especially personal branding, I think that personal branding is so powerful. And when people can communicate effectively and efficiently with conciseness, what their brand or their business or whatever it is, it's all about, there's so much power in that. So a lot of times people don't understand the power behind telling the story, right? Like how do you convey the importance of telling the story to your prospects or to your clients so that you can get them there? Like what is, why is that so important?
1: I kind of go back to the authenticity and the success of the brand you know, there's a message behind every brand, and that message absolutely has to be followed, and it has to be apparent to everyone that experiences that, whether it be through a digital platform or be through a physical space. But um, I'm, I think that your question, and, and you can maybe, if you don't mind, state it again. Maybe I can reposition that, but it's important because of the authenticity to me and it's not just important just for me to be authentic, but if you look at successful brands, they are authentic, Um, you know, and they have over time they've communicated and they've connected with their consumers and the people.
0: Can you share an example of the process of creating a brand or the storyline with a client?
1: Sure. Let's see. So the way we would get engaged is we work directly with developers. Right. And then we also work with architects, as you know. Uh-huh. So we like to be available for both resources. We always love working directly with builders, developers, that kind of thing. And we actually enjoy the partnership that we have with architects like Nadel, uh, CDPC as a design planning and landscape. TCA architects, so on and so forth. To give you an example of, let's say maybe two different processes for two different projects. We worked on a project in Indiana called uh, Raw Bar. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I have a friend who's kind of like a celebrity chef and he wanted to create this oyster bar in Indianapolis. He had an owner that had the space And it was, we had to do a complete renovation of what was a old Scottish bar. And they wanted to turn this into a more modern and popular seafood diner type experience. Um, So with this process, I said, let's put together the brand visioning. So in this case, they actually already had a logo developed, but we took that logo And we created a word map and we said, what does this brand mean? And basically, a word map being it it put together different ideas of what people's thoughts consumers should be when they see this brand. Um, We actually created a matrix that studied, in this case, competition in the area, competition across the United States, and how their brand was going to be positioned for pricing and for the internal environment. And then we put together our visioning boards, which basically I spend a lot of time trying to develop the feel of the space. We knew that we wanted it to be modern. We weren't exactly sure of the color scheme. We weren't exactly sure of the lighting level that we wanted in there.
0: Yeah, I, think, I don't even know how you get there. Like, how yeah. even get to those details?
1: So, yeah, so the way we do a ton of imagery research and we just look at examples of other spaces. And then we start looking at color schemes too. I'll put together a handful of these visioning boards that essentially establish what the look is going to be of this space. Mm -hmm. So we'll look at that with the client and we, you know, we talk back and forth and yeah, we like this. Um, Oh, we like booths. We really want to do some nice high-end booths and that really will elevate the experience for people. So we came up with an idea for booths to be in there. We had these great roll-up garage doors. And we knew that, okay, number one, when the weather's good, those doors go up and it's just it's a billboard for people to walk by and see. So when they look in there, we want them to be excited.
0: Yeah, so and it was will like, draw them in, right? Like
1: exactly. So ah, we created okay. custom neon signs that you could see from different portions of of the street. Yeah, we did these urchin light fixtures that basically have a symbolism with sea life with the sea urchin. We did this amazing linear bar with fish scalloped tiles, mm-hmm. um, and everything's in this really kind of serene but activated blue and neutral color palette. And so we just kind of started piecing it together. And from there, in that particular case, we worked directly with the contractor. Okay. And between my team and him personally, we sourced out the materials, located them and I flew out there one time to check on construction in that case. And the rest is history. It was uh, it was a really fun, great project. And so we work in that manner. But the other way we work is, let's say, like Nadell Architects. We do yeah. a lot of partnerships with them on branding, interior design, and other types of development work. I have a relationship with Greg over there. We go way back to... 25 years ago in the entertainment design industry. Okay. Uh, we were we both started out in entertainment design uh-huh. for a company called Landmark Entertainment, which I think both Greg and I, and anybody who's who work within that arena, we have taken a lot of those skills that we learned working in that environment and we brought it over. So, like I think Greg and I understand the importance and we kind of have a, a mutual respect for the end product. So Greg had teamed me up on a project in Lakewood, Colorado, with their design studio. And that was partnering directly with that architect. And they said, hey, we've got this Staples, you know, the old Staples, big warehouse things. And they said, yeah. it's being ripped out. And we're going to put in a gun range,
0: oh, firing yeah. line, okay, I remember that.
1: a bar um, a restaurant and, uh, a retail store and also a coffee kind of cafe corner. So I was like, Whoa, really? I've never heard of this before. This is pretty, pretty like interesting.
0: I seeing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So Ryan over there, he had a program that he showed to me in Plan view. And, and, you know, it's like, well, here's kind of how we want to break up these spaces. And, you know, what do you think? Like, let's, get our heads together. And so I work with Sarah on my team. She's an amazing designer and in the like, she, she works on a lot of our interior projects. And so, you know, we were kind of talking and I said, I know the references that they showed me before they're a little bit more traditional, but I said, let's just like, let's just kind of like throw out some more modern and and different looks in the visioning package And I did a couple of sketches as well. You know, Ryan looked at it and he said, wow, this is totally different than I think we wanted to do. But now that I look at it, I think this is really, really cool. Let me see what the client says. He's like, they probably, they're not going to like it. I don't think. But the client loved it, which was, I mean, very exciting because we felt that we had something good there. And then from there, we built out our 3D model. Uh, we went ahead and, and figured out the finishes and furnishes, and then at some point in the process, working back and forth with Nadell, they took over doing design development drawings and construction documentation. Uh-huh. So they managed that one being built. I didn't go out there to to have it, you know. Right. Respect. So, yeah.
0: so a couple of things come up for me when you're you're talking about the process of it all. First is. You meet with a client, you get what their authentic perspective is of their business, and you create this image or this concept of what their space will look like. And in some cases, you partner with an architect. Yes. Which is interesting to me because we both know that the client could just only work with an architect for interiors. They can just stick with one Architect. They don't have to have an outside creative service that's designing their space. They don't have to have somebody that has a creative way of telling their story. You bring that to the project. Why would they not just use the design team or the architect that they have decided to work with? Why would they come to you?
1: I think what you're asking is why not go straight to the architect.
0: Exactly. They and
1: can- and I think that. The reason for that is because we offer a little bit more. Not to, not not to say anything negative about architects. I love architects. Absolutely. They, you know, I love
0: them all. Um, I,
1: how many architects do I know? There's a million.
0: So, so many. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think that we, you know, my my background is an artist. Yes. And a marketer. Uh-huh. And that's different from an architect who's probably more worried about the technical details. Uh-huh. So I try to take it on more of a psychological level and really kind of think about the visual from the beginning all the way through. And I think that's a different perspective than you can get from just working with an architect. And I know that some of the architects that work with us have said, well, We like working with you because of how well you can think out the project. And I think that it's a good partnership. But to answer your question, I think that's the reason why is because we can probably put a little more boost and information and overall emphasis behind the project besides just working directly with an architect.
0: I hear you. And I, you know, obviously you bring creativity to the table that maybe somebody else can't. It's a different dynamic. And you're there to really tell the story, not only thinking of the functionality of the space, right? So I'm sure you might run into that every now and then too. Like, how do you keep it creative while you're keeping the functionality of the space in mind as well? And how do you sell that? How do you sell that not only to the client, but also Maybe there's some extra collaboration that has to happen between you and the architect so that you can stay authentic to the design that you've created that tells the story of the space, but also keeps the place functionable, right? Because it's really cool to walk into a creative space. But how do those two worlds kind of come together?
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, the old adage, form follows function is 100% true. So that's why we always need a good program and whether it be an architect that's providing that, or if we're developing that with my team, you have to understand the space and you have to understand, well, where are you going to have kitchen equipment and where are your restrooms? Because your occupancy is this much, if and if it's that much, then you need to add an extra restroom. If you don't figure that out in the beginning, you're going to be in some real trouble So there is definitely a lot of merit and marriage between, you know, the architecture itself and, you know, the visioning behind it.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, we talked about where the influence comes from, where your creativity flows from, and that's really being authentic to each client, right? What their story is, what the experience they want their guests to be having out of whatever it might be, whatever the space might be, a restaurant or the coffee slash gun shop slash all of the, right. So I feel like that's where your inspiration comes from, from each project. I wanted to get your thoughts on how you feel about the influence of historic or iconic design on modern construction.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting question because I do a lot of steam design work, uh, which basically means, work for casinos, resorts, places like Knott's Berry Farm. We've done a ton of work with Knott's. They're excellent people. And that thematic design takes the historical elements to the extreme a lot of times. So what I mean by that is like, if, if you look at like a project that we worked on for Knott's, uh, Calico River Rapids, it's basically was big, Bigfoot Rapids before we looked at historical forts because the 1980s design of the rotunda out there and kind of the entire queue area was just off the mark. I mean, it's it's not that at a, a certain point in time it was good, which I remember. I think I was like in seventh grade when I went on Bigfoot Rapids. But now we wanted to bring the historical element into that. So... So basically, with that project, we took and we actually, they found a forest in North Carolina that had been uh, damaged by fire. And they split the faces of the logs. And they screened the areas that we designed. And they were extremely authentic. And we are authentic with our branding elements that we put out there in that kind of thing. As you enter the queue and the whole thing is about being authentic and historical.
0: Which um, I hear is a recurring thing for you. I feel like authenticity, like you mentioned in the very beginning, is such a big part of how you operate and what you do.
1: Yeah. So if you converse that with maybe another project, like there was a multifamily project we were working on in New Mexico. And, well, how do you take that authenticity? But this is a more modern design. So the architect actually did something really remarkable on that project. They created deeper walls and inset the windows and then used the color scheme of the desert surrounding areas to basically be a little bit more subliminal. But that's kind of the way the Native Americans basically created their housing. And so it was kind of, you know, tipping the hat, but also functionally working for shade and that kind of thing. So I guess there's two extremes to it. And yeah. so you always want to, in you always want to bring in that historical element, but you just want to make sure that it's appropriately packaged because w- what might work for one project is not going to work for another.
0: That makes sense. It's again, it goes back to the authenticity of every single project and yeah. the creativeness that you bring to every single project. We've got to wrap things up, but I do want to ask you really quickly. If you were to give maybe not just a new designer, anybody, an architect, creative design, um, anybody that is interested in maybe pushing the boundaries in construction, what would your, in terms of design, what would your advice to them be?
1: I would say there was some really good advice that was given to me Uh, When I was younger, and it was by this artist, Brian Wormser, and I remember he's this amazing illustrator painter, he said, be observant. Mm. And I think you have to be extremely observant. And that means getting out and seeing things that you probably haven't seen before, and taking notes, taking pictures, getting a mental snapshot, doing sketches of things if you can try to look at things and figure out how they're put together and why they're put together in a certain way. Um, you know, the construction industry is pretty remarkable with, with everything that's involved with the foundation and the framing and all the different, you know, HVAC systems that are put together. Think about those things and make sure you study, uh, look at books. Um, but the best way is to experience, you know, you need to go see things. You need to go see resorts. You need to go see, um, buildings. You need to see, uh, historical places where maybe primitive man lived, you know, like, let's just say, you know, Stonehenge and that kind of thing and try to understand and put yourself in their shoes and really absorb what it's all
0: about. So there you have it, right? So for everybody listening, that's wondering, you know, how do we, maintain pushing boundaries in the construction industry. Eric, you did a fantastic job at explaining how people can do that. I appreciate what you do, not just from a creative standpoint, but really being an advocate for people to create a space that is authentic to what the story is so that they can create a space to have people come in and truly have the experience of what they're wanting to create and what they want people to leave with. So thank you so much for the work that you do and your team. We didn't even get a chance to talk about your team. We didn't get a chance to talk about the premise of this this podcast is always leadership, but it was, it was um, interesting for me to go a different avenue and talk about creative design and construction. So I thank you for that. How do people find you?
1: You know, I actually use LinkedIn a lot to connect lately. So it's uh, Eric Christensen. You got to
0: spell it because it's different. It is. It's very different.
1: It's E-R-I-K-C-H-R-E-S-T-E-N-S-E-N. So it's all E's. You know, our website is uh, ChristensenDesign.com, but you'll probably never find it. But if you look up my name and you get it spelled right, then you'll do it. But look me up on LinkedIn. Message me. I, I promise I'll write
0: back. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so nice to have you here and to be able to share what you do. So next time we'll talk more about your team and your
1: leadership
0: leadership philosophy.
1: That would be great.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Construction Influencer Podcast. Make sure that you share, like, and subscribe. I'll see you guys soon.